0: Hello and welcome to the show, everyone. Got a bit to talk about in the world of soccer because we've got breaking news. Uh, but first, want to talk briefly about some of the feedback and reaction I've gotten from Yankees fans. Uh, specifically about me calling out the Yankees this year and why they were struggling. And I take nothing back about what I said about the Yankees. I do think they're overrated because... If you look at them, they're uh they're losing again to the Rays. It's it's all, I mean, it's pretty much a wrap. But I mean, they, this team has not hit in late inning situations with their uh slump uh, to start the year, but this is not a good defensive team, and this all stems back from the decision not to bring back DD Gregorius over a year ago, it, you know. It, th- this has been a long-running problem for the past 18 months. The pandemic just kind of overshadowed it, but you know, Gleber Torres has not been the same since he's been uh, essentially moved out of his position. He's a second baseman. He's not a shortstop. He can play short, but he's a natural second baseman. And because of the fact that he's playing out of position, It's screwing with his head, because if there's one thing with baseball players, they like having habits, and if they're out of habits and out of sequence or having to think about something too much, it screws with their offense. It's time proven. But the Yankees don't operate on that uh, bubble. They operate under their data bubble, and that X plus Y gets you this result. And that's it. They don't consider any other variables. They just look at your offense, what your uh, contact rate is, hard hard hit rate is, and this is the production you should be getting regardless. Nothing else matters. And it couldn't be further from the truth, but that's how the Yankees have operated their business model uh, lately is going by the fact that if uh, you can do X and the data shows what your – your swing rate is, and your contact rate is, this is the result, and this is where you're going to play in the lineup. And that's it. But you got a bunch of players playing out of position. Uh, Gio Urshela made a natural transition to third base. They're asking him to be the backup shortstop now uh, for Glaber Torres because the Yankees roster is so functionally screwed up with guys that cannot be proper role players. they There are no role, player, uh, role bench players on this team because you're having to align a DH for the amount of time that both Stanton and Judge aren't playing in the field. Stanton's a full-time DH, but he, uh, you know, uh, these days, so pretty much. But uh, sometimes they rotate out Judge to be a DH and then put Stanton in for a handful of games. But Judge is playing way too many games at, at DH for his age. But because he can't stay healthy, that's why they keep DHing him. But you've got a bunch of guys clogging up the DH spot. You don't have proper infield positioning. The defense stinks. The pitching staff already had question marks. And they're underperforming. It's just a snowball effect that I don't see changing unless Garrett Cole leads the roster and again today you know he had a couple of slip-ups and he got caught he got caught and you know the Rays took advantage but that's the thing if you, either Yankees aren't scoring three or four runs the pitching staff is not holding teams down and they're not built for that outside of Cole this r- pitching staff is not built to hold down teams for six seven innings and two runs or less they're just but re- really at the end of the day it, it's still very early but you know i said it yesterday and i mean it that the ceiling for the yankees is very limited i don't see this team doing very well in a playoff series and you know i think there are ways of exploiting the weaknesses in the squad if they can hit their way out of it yeah which works against certain teams but most teams have started to build out more well-rounded rosters using analytics the Yankees are using analytics and just emphasizing one portion of the equation and you know yeah the offense uh, when it works it works but a lot of times the offense is sputtering and. Because you're emphasizing so much on hard hit rating, uh, not necessarily contact, you got so many strikeouts and you're, you know, you've got the better players. Like when you have better players, you don't need to uh, take the analytics to such an extreme that you're looking for a, a very limited set of outcomes of either a walk or a bomb. Or strikeout. You don't need to limit yourself in that fashion when you have the ability to buy more talented players than other teams. The Yankees just pigeonhole themselves into this playing style, and I don't necessarily understand it. The Dodgers have been able to master it. The Yankees are still stuck in the blocks, as far as I'm concerned, in that regard uh, because they are very limited in in the outcomes you see in. Many cases, uh, but, uh, you know, like I said, a lot of uh, parts that don't quite fit at the moment, uh, you know, and they need to make uh, adjustments. But uh, uh, the Yankees, uh, you know, still kind of being stubborn about certain things. But Glibertor is being moved back second would be at the top of my list, uh, at least to get some semblance of normalcy. Uh, with the team defense again, and then work from there with the starters. But uh, now let's transition over to what I really want to talk about today and the news of the day, uh, realistically. And I know this is tough for some of you to admit, and you don't understand the sport, but soccer is the world's game and is the most popular sport in the world, bar none. You know, head of basketball... Baseball, the NFL, it is soccer without question. It's not even close. So, today, you had a PR announcement of 12 of the largest European clubs uh, in the world announcing that they are going to form their own Super League. (laughs) like called the European Super League, very inventive title, but it would be comprised of the founding members, uh, which include AC Milan, my Arsenal team, Atletico Madrid, Chelsea, Barcelona, Inter Milan, Juventus, Liverpool, Manchester City, Manchester United, Real Madrid, and Tottenham Hotspur. Let's digest this for a moment. You've got 12 clubs basically saying they're going to break away from UEFA and FIFA and the current model of Champions League soccer, which is the most prestigious tournament in the world. They're going to break away from that and form their own league because they are not happy with the revenue structure of the current Champions League format being skewed to lower level clubs and that they want more of the financial pie from any TV contracts and media deals. And so they decided to form their own league in retaliation to that. So, what's happening here is this is without question the opening salvo of a war that has been long time coming between the haves and the have-nots wherein the richest clubs in the football world have declared war on everyone else and that they want the vast majority of the spoils, even though they're already getting the vast majority of the spoils. They want an even bigger piece of the pie. So what does this actually mean? Because we've had discussions on the, uh, of a separate league for years now, and it's always been shut down, but this is the first time that they've actually gone public with it and their intentions of going public with it, which tells me That they are pretty much done with uh, the formality of how they're going to execute it because there are already talks that Juventus uh, basically was working the back channels with the Zone, and for those of you don't know, the Zone that is a premium uh, sports package channel provider, uh, most notably for their boxing uh, uh, content because of the exclusive deal that they had signed with uh, Canelo Alvarez uh, being uh, 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 the broadcast uh, uh, distributor for all of his uh, premium fights uh, on pay-per-view being hosted by DAZN. But, you know, they also broadcast a number of other leagues, one of them being Serie A abroad. And it seems as though, based off of some of the allegations, is that Juventus... Has been orchestrating uh, media contacts, uh, specifically the zone, as part of this Superliga uh, broadcasting package. But, uh, you know, what does this all mean? It means that the richest clubs in the world have declared war on the governing bodies, namely FIFA and UEFA, which runs the Champions League, stating that they are too big to fail and that they can do this without them. So we've had this conversation come up in college football with uh, some of the power five conferences uh, break it, uh, say that they're going to break away from the bowl structure and just have their own bowls and uh, run things their way because they generate so much of the revenue that no one can really stop uh, these teams. if They wanted to form their own super league. And it's the same for uh, soccer, even to a greater extent because these clubs, are worth billions, uh, uh, if you're going uh, off of uh, the Forbes valuation. And you know, the interesting thing is, is why this is coming about now. The pandemic has accelerated things to such a degree with clubs losing out on finances that uh, their timetable has been moved up considerably. So I'll, I'll run through why certain clubs are joining this uh, Super League and trying to uh, break away from everything. Uh, so first off, you've got Manchester United, owned by the Glazer family, who never saw a buck that they didn't think it was worth uh, trying to scrounge over. They are about revenue accretion at all costs. They streamline everything humanly possible. If there's something that they can put a price tag on, they will put a price tag on it and sell it to the United fan base, and the United fan base will suck it up and just buy it. That's bottom line. United, they have no shame whatsoever. Liverpool, owned by Fenway Sports Group. See Man United and apply that to Fenway Sports Group. Only Fenway Sports Group is even more fiscally responsible, but they will still slap any price tag they can on Liverpool merchandise and try to uh, make a profit off of it. They also own the Boston Red Sox. They use Red Sox Station and play them like a fiddle all the time. They traded Mookie Betts to the Dodgers, even though Mookie Betts was top three player in baseball. To save money and get under the luxury tax. And they did it to the chagrin of the fan base. And guess what? The Red Sox fans are still watching the Red Sox. Even though the team isn't any good and likely won't make the playoffs. It doesn't matter. They're still following the team religiously. And nothing's going to change about that. So that's how Fenway Sports Group operates. Then you got Manchester City. I mean, a CFG, who owns Manchester City, oil barons, you know, they're always looking to get more money. That's without question. My Arsenal, owned by Stan Kroenke, uh, he is uh, a billionaire who is also married into the uh, the Walton family who owns Walmart. Uh, uh, Walmart. And Stan has money. It's just not. It's about making more money. That that's uh, that is uh, the bottom line when it comes to a lot of these owners. And Stan is an opportunist. If he sees an opportunity where he can scrounge out extra money, he's gonna do it. Which is part of uh, the lack of surprise I have about Arsenal being involved in this at all. Next up, Chelsea, owned by Roman Abramovich, <laughs> Russian oil baron, and you could. Can- Depending on who you talk to, uh, he's a quasi-oligarch. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, Roman is all about these tournament competitions. He desperately wants uh, to win uh, Champions League again and usually fires his coaches that can't get him Champions League trophies. But knowing that these other clubs are breaking off and forming a super, super league, there was no chance Roman was going to pass that up because if the value of the Champions League gets diluted, uh, you know he's not going to stick around to see what remains. So uh, there was no doubt that uh, uh, Roman would, uh, if uh, presented the opportunity here, or was going to be one of the f- first few people to initiate the uh, the conversations with teams uh, uh, seeking to join this league. Uh, Spurs interesting choice here because if you're talking about top clubs in the world Spurs have the lightest trophy case of pretty much any of these teams outside of Atletico Madrid uh, you know realistically Spurs owned by Shotgun, uh, they've got money and lots of it and they got a brand new stadium they've got uh, a deal with the NFL their market value is on the rise and because they can generate money that's where spurs fits into this it ain't about prestige and the history of the club because spurs history alone ain't good enough to crack uh crack the squad that we've got here atletico madrid same boat as spurs uh only they got more slightly more trophies but realistically Madrid is part of the La Liga contingent, the least uh, influential member of the group uh, overall, uh, but still, considering where La Liga is right now, Atletico Madrid, Atleti, they are the most consistent (laughs) La Liga team at the moment, given uh, the situation with uh, Messi and Barcelona. Uh, we, you know what, let's talk about Barcelona right now, Barcelona, this would, outside of man United, this is the team I would suspect to be, uh, one of the ringleaders of organizing conference calls. Uh, here's the bottom line, two things you need to know about, uh, Barcelona, uh, you know, other than they're one of, if not the most famous soccer club in the world. They are at war with their star player, uh, uh Lionel Messi, for various reasons. He's been trying to leave the club, but why is he trying to leave the club? Because the club is flat-out broke, and they can't afford players, and they need to do a massive rebuild job, and they need uh, uh new flush-funded capital to be able to do... uh some of the tragic actions that they are normally accustomed to doing and Messi's getting up there in age, Messi, you know, saw on his last act as a player and Barcelona has to figure out what does life after Messi look like? And guess what? It ain't pretty from a financial standpoint because of all the uh, money Messi generates, uh, you know, Barca has to reinvent themselves. So yeah, Being part of the Super League does just that because of the amount of money that will go into their coffers to make this work. Then uh, Real Madrid, uh, you know, they were kind of in the wilderness with uh, Barcelona and Real pulled themselves out. And again, part of this contingent that... Keeps talking about it's not going to impact domestic leagues. It's absolutely going to impact the domestic leagues even more extensively than what was originally reported. So, it, you know, it's one of those things where you've got uh, a team in Madrid. They know the other La Liga clubs have been approached by this, and they're kind of going along with it. That brings us to the Syria clubs between Inter. AC Milan, and Juve. Juventus desperately wants to be CFG. They've bought their way into Serie A titles even more than what City did uh, to win the Premier League uh, back in 2011. Uh, You know, Juve... Again, they could easily not get any benefit from the engagements that they've uh, uh, tried to do with uh, marketing partners and getting themselves uh, more of an established base. But uh, this co- uh, this basically was the fact that uh, Juventus looking to make more money. And then you've got Inter and AC Milan still reeling from the match-fixing scandal that Roxy Rea uh, over, uh, I think it's actually a decade now, uh, given the timeline. But, you know, Syria be- fell off the face of the earth in terms of relevancy uh, over quite some periods of time. So I would have to catch up on Syria the last couple of years. But, uh, you know, the modus operandi for Inter and AC is the fact that they need to make back up some of the shortfalls that they've got and with uh, the pandemic and fan base uh, being impacted in certain regards, you know, it's, it makes sense that they would be so aggressive in terms of joining the league without hesitation. That's why I think uh, there's another bit of news to drop. That's going to be the kind of game changer out of all of this. So, the way it works is that you know these uh, twelve teams. They say that there's uh, another three teams looking to jump in for access uh, to the potential windfall of being associated with this league. I mean Arsenal, you not? I mean Arsenal, uh, Tottenham, uh, even Chelsea to a certain extent. They've been on downward slopes. They're not at the top of where they would likely need to be to start off a competition. But, you know, at least they got uh, some uh, traction off of uh, uh, the news reports. But, uh, you know, I think at the end of the day, these 12 clubs are have already started off with the opening salvo of, what could be a long drawn-out war or very condensed and uh, short-lived. But, uh, you know, they are trying to take as much money as humanly possible from smaller clubs. They don't believe the smaller clubs deserve as much, nearly as much revenue as they receive, and they think it makes it harder for them to compete at winning a title every single year, and it's their God-given right to win trophies, unless you're Spurs and you just stub your toe every time you have an advantage Kevin Bruyne uh, just uh, injured his ankle yesterday uh in the sh- surprising loss to uh, Chelsea uh for City that will deny them uh the quadra uh in terms of uh the uh, overall trophies won in a single season so a uh, lot of uh, bad mojo going away uh, uh, with uh, the pancake meal uh, uh, with uh, so, some of these uh, sweetheart deals uh, that uh, have been back-channel negotiated as part of this. So they're looking to expand with three other teams. They've already been rebuffed by uh, Paris Saint-Germain and also Bayern Munich of... Uh, of the Bundesliga, respectively, you know they truly believe that they're in full control of everything that's going on. But at the same time, there is still a good possibility that uh, we uh, we have not seen the last couple of dominoes to fall as to who are some of these other teams that would be invited and willing to join. Uh, this european super league but uh, there were already statements from FIFA and the individual uh, leagues themselves So Premier League uh, led off but the statement basically kept it short and sweet that uh you know the ability to interact with folks and you know have fans be able to follow their team through, a large scale competition should need uh, should be uh able to entertain and we don't have any of this right now uh you know it feels as though for many of these uh, uh cities that only have one club that uh, the rug's been pulled out from under them globally uh in a way but uh you know for all the rhetoric of these uh teams can be punished by their individual leagues it's just pure fiction actually you know what I just realized I have to correct myself because I mentioned Shaq Khan who owns uh who owns full and not the uh, Spurs don't know why I was thinking shot Khan. but um regardless uh, Daniel Levy owns uh Spurs uh but again these teams are not going to be held accountable by the leagues because here's the thing it ends up being a, a cut off your nose to spite your face. Because if the leagues relegate or uh, restrict these top clubs, it almost essentially puts their own very profitable, lucrative television contracts in jeopardy because you would have been. uh, uh, potentially in violation of not providing uh, the fans with uh, the premium products and that means all of the teams so it it almost works on an honor system which these top clubs know uh, they don't have to necessarily abide by and you know if you're asking a television network to appeal to the better senses of folks i'm sorry uh, <laughs> to, to be the bearer of bad news but These teams uh, can cut deals with uh, the uh, broadcast uh, networks, uh, you know, for their own Super League. And the networks are going to go after it because they don't want to risk missing out on, you know, what could be, uh, again, the largest financial windfall in terms of a sports league. Ever, so again, would I expect the sports network uh, to operate with uh, integrity and uh, respect for other clubs? Absolutely not. Uh, This is a money grab. You know, I've laid out pretty much a couple of these cases why these teams just grab for uh, some financial means no matter what, and you know, call it a day. But uh, you know. This story is not going away. Fans can shout and holler all they want, but the these bigger clubs hold all the cards because they have the name brand recognition. They have the power recognition. It's just the application of what everything has been going down. You know, I hope uh, it's... Uh, it's a sign that uh, maybe some of these clubs may start thinking about it, but I highly doubt it. I think we are headed towards uh, no less than chaos uh, the next uh, couple of weeks uh, as uh, some of these uh, individual uh, leagues die down a bit. But, uh, you know, very much uh, a concern over uh, some of these combinations So. Um, I'll leave it there, but, uh, you know, FIFA and, uh, UEFA can challenge or threaten the challenge all they want. Uh, it's just not going to be a messy divorce to say the least. Uh, so stay tuned for more, uh, as we get further evidence on the, Super League and, you know, everything else that comes uh, with uh, those uh, ties. So um, I'm going to take it easy for a little bit uh, and circle back with some of these uh, responses that teams are going to be putting out uh, to this uh, story. So uh, without much further ado, uh, I will uh, uh, call this one a wrap and we shall see what uh, some of the other responses end up being either through the app or some of our uh, uh, colleagues uh, broadcasting games. So uh, enjoy folks. And uh, until next time, have a good one. Thanks for listening to the fantasy throwdown podcast. Be sure to like, and subscribe to the show on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, and all other major outlets.